Uncharted Journeys. I'm your host, Kathy McKnight. If you're like me and you've ever sat back and wondered, how did I get here, whether literally or figuratively, in terms of your career or life in general, then you're in good company and have come to the right place. On Uncharted Journeys, you'll hear from amazing women about their straight and narrow, zigzaggy, and somewhere in between paths to success. Today's guest has literally written the book on how to talk about success. Her book, Bragging Rights, How to Talk About Your Work Using Purposeful Self-Promotion, releases in May, and I cannot wait to read it. Um, because let's face it, many of us, particularly Canadians, could use a little coaching on how to self-promote. She's a speaker, advisor, professional mentor, and the founder of Media, Media Face, a Toronto-based content and consulting firm. She was also a TV reporter and anchor for 15 years and executive producer of TEDx Hamilton. She's also an activator with the Corrales CEO program, a global in, uh, initiative focused on building an innovative new model for finance, support, and celebrate female entrepreneurs. She's been described as captivating, exceptionally creative and efficient, and transformative. Woman after my own heart, heart I gotta say. A fellow Torontonian, I know she's as excited as I am about the snow finally melting and spring has seems to have arrived. I've got my fingers crossed. Welcome, Lisa Bragg. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, the snow is gone and the sun is shining where I am in my part of Toronto today. And thank you for that that intro. Often, you know, here's a secret tip. So often authors and people actually write their own intros all the time. And there's a little bit of mine in there, but you added a lot more. And I really appreciate what you added. And it really made my heart sing. So thanks for that. Well, you're very welcome. Well deserved. I was reading through this like, wow, okay. So and, and that's part of actually, that's sometimes part of my problem is with my guests is I, I write the intro. And it's like three minutes long because there's just so much great stuff. So I, I do limit myself. I have a, a block, um, a set block on the on my my script that I follow. Um, and I don't let myself go beyond that space because otherwise I'd still be talking about you <laughs> and you wouldn't get your story <laughs> in. So um, I'm glad that I, I did right by you. So uh, thank you. So I gave this, that was literally the highlight reel um, of who you are. Maybe you can tell our audience a little bit more about yourself. There's so much, you know, my background as a, as a broadcast, you know, when you look back, you can see the red thread and my background as a broadcaster and then owning a content company and then writing this book, I can now clearly see the red thread that I am meant to help people be seen and be heard. So it, back in my broadcast days, I was one of the first people that was considered a videographer. So I would go up to people, I'd have the camera on my shoulder and a microphone, and I'd ask them questions. So I wouldn't have a camera operator beside me. I was doing all of it myself. And when I was in that job, I really lamented it. I'm like, why am I doing all this? And I was also on camera. I'd go back to the studio and I'd be in this in uh, you know interviewed there and do lots of things on camera but I'd also have to do this job of of three people essentially but what it gave me was this chance to really interview and find the people that I wanted to talk to I didn't have to follow the crowd because of that because if I had somebody else where I had to just do it things faster and do it you know in you know in collaboration then I might have had to follow the pack but I was able and allowed to often enterprise my own stories and find those people who weren't always the people on camera and I'd go up to the different experts and I'd say hey you're the expert on this I'd really like to interview you because everyone else is interviewing John and so often or not they'd say go interview John because he is the expert but when the media comes calling and says you're the expert you're the expert so I'd convince these people to go on camera with me to tell me their story their angle and I would see how they would then get to do almost like so many more things. They'd get to do more panels. They'd get to be interviewed by more media. They'd get a promotion. I'd have thank you cards 
from people who I said, you, you should really do this and gave them that tiny nudge, not forcing them, but that tiny nudge to do it and that safe space because it was just the two of us to then go on camera and to do great things. And then in my content company, I did the same thing, being one of the first content companies helping subject matter experts to go online and video for the first time. It sounds such, such an old story. But, um, you know, we only started doing all this in 2007. And so helping experts get online, tell their stories, share their knowledge. Knowledge mobilization was relatively new. We didn't share so much information back in the day. And so helping them get on then led me to realizing, you know what, this is also an individual situation where we don't talk about ourselves. We don't share our knowledge because we're so many of us are taught, put your head down, do good work, and eventually someone will notice you. But that's a long time waiting, waiting, waiting while other people who may be less qualified are getting ahead. And then it's a bit of that we keep deferring our dreams. And I'm finding too, as I get a little older, that invisibility is also really corrosive. So, but looking back, all of this has made me realize that my my mission in life is to help people be seen and be heard and share their knowledge with the world. So I think that's amazing. I loved what you said about knowledge mobilization. That's one of the things even with all that we have out there today and you know some of the channels are great, some of the channels not so much. Um but enabling people to to get that platform, right? To be able to be heard. And, uh, you know, and we still, I mean, I've been, I've been on the speaking circuit for a long time and I still, you know, I still find myself thinking, well, why would anybody want to hear what I have to say? And it's like, and people are like, cause you're an industry expert. You've been in the industry, in your industry for, you know, more than 15 years. You can talk off the cuff of anything related to your industry. So of course people want to hear, yeah, but it's just me. Like it's who wants just me, right? So it's um, helping people do that and recognize and giving people the opportunity because that's all, that's often all that it takes is that one opportunity to show them that they can do it, but also to let other know, others know that they can do it um, is such an important platform. So you are, you are doing great work for many people. <laughs> so thank you for that. Thank you. But you know what? We need to have those people shine. And that's where always, I'm my book too. So when you have that in your head too, it's like, oh, why would anyone want to hear from me? I have that too. And we have to keep reinforcing, no, we need to be heard and we need to be seen because if we can light the spark of someone else and so on and so forth, that's what the difference is. So thank you to you. So as my audience knows, I always ask my my question, my uh, guests four core questions. So we'll get started on that. So, I mean, it sounds like you kind of always had a flair for for being on stage and being, you know, being probably an extrovert and being out there. What was the first career you remember wanting to do when you grew up? No, I always wanted to be a broadcast journalist. And part of it is my parents watched so much TV, honest to goodness. Like they watched so much TV. News was always on in our house, even before the 24-hour stations, it was news was on. And so I realized that that was a career where I could speak and do some things that um, would lend me to having some adventures. And so I always wanted to be a broadcast journalist from a very young age. That or speech pathology. So still interested in all of that. But communication was the thing. And so that was where I wanted to be 
And I didn't know so many other careers. My parents are very much blue collar people. So I didn't know about being a lawyer or anything. Just the people in my house were uh, always watching TV. So that's what I went off and did is, is got on TV and realized it really was my passion to, to help people be seen and be heard through that. Well, and, you know, speech pathologists, there's kind of a link there, right? Because you're giving people voices, you're giving them that opportunity to speak. So kind of a good blend is where you've ended up, which is, it was, which is great. So you mentioned your parents, who do you, who was the first big influence in your life? And it doesn't have to be them. It could be somebody that maybe you saw on TV, like a reporter or something. Oh yeah. You know what? I think it's just that I had so many, I blended people together. I would read so many books, you know, um, you know, I'm going to be very Canadian and just go back to Lucy Maud Montgomery and Anne of Green Gables and this orphan and she'd look out into the world and, and have all these dreams of having her own career and making the way in the world. So, you know, very, very Canadian of me, but like just that kind of whole thinking. So I had that, just that whole idea that I will have to do things on my own and figure things out myself. But I look to also pioneers like Moses Neimer, who is an, another Canadian who made uh, a big TV station in Canada, which was Chum and CTV, City TV, City TV. And he was such a pioneer. So I looked at him and looked at other broadcasters to see what they were doing. Um, you know, back in the day, Erica M was a music VJ and we all looked up to her and we'd see her on talking about music and leading the way, talking to all these international celebrities back when, you know, that online music video before those days, it was just the first TV station. It's equivalent to, um, it's equivalent to the MTV in Canada. And I'd see her and like talking and doing all these great things. And now today I'm actually her friend. So it's like just how the world works where you, uh, continually strive. So I'd look to all these different people and make, pull things from everyone that I think I could use in my life. And that's what I did. So starting off with the people in a book to then, I think that's how we have mentors, just adding one person works sometimes, but having a bunch of different little resources that you can go to and pull something from that makes a difference in your life. I think that's what's been my, my key consideration. Yeah. A mosaic of influencers, which is amazing. And I had Erica's uh, sister on, uh, on the podcast. So Leslie, uh, yeah, Leslie. she's awesome. I, yeah. 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 So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I, yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I interviewed her a few months ago, so I should, uh, yeah, I should have I should have Erica on. That would be You should. She's that would be, brilliant. That would so, be amazing. Yeah. 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 Okay. So uh, perfect segue from Erica Ammon and being like the much music uh, anchor to is there a song that epitomizes your career path or something maybe that you're connecting with today? I do. I have an anthem and it's in the book and it's by the struts and it could have been me is what the song is called. And it's this really quite a rock anthem. It's a good song to go up on stage to for sure. And it's uh, also in Sing Too. So if you're a Disney fan, it's in that movie. And what it's about is about moving beyond who you are right now and not taking things Take, not taking things for granted and making sure that you live each moment to its fullest. And it's important for me because I want to keep striving. I don't want to have the regret of it could have been me. When you look out, when I was about to write this book, 
when it was just a, like a little bit of a inkling in my head, somebody else came out with an, a book and it's a good book. It's called Brag Better. And I was like, oh no, I should have started that book a long time ago and I didn't do it. And that's what that could have been me is like, I didn't do it. Someone else did it. And so that's really been in my brain that it could have been me. If that should have, could have, would have, that regret that's that's held with me and so that song is the anthem to get up get going don't want to have that regret throughout my life I want to make sure that I did the things that I said I was going to do so it's that anthem and so I challenge people in the book to make sure you have an anthem too because it's that song that's gonna play and if you don't do it for a while and you hear that song on the radio or it's on your playlist then it's like oh yes that's me what am I doing am I doing what I said I wanted to do and set out to do that's and that's an amazing song by the way love that song um so great and you're right it's a great walk out onto stage song like that's do you like the struts version or the one by in the disney movie uh the struts i'm okay (laughs) (laughs) i like the classics generally speaking although i just got into a, a conversation with somebody about um tears for fears in their song change which was a cover it was one of their biggest songs but people don't realize that wasn't their song and it's one of the few where i like the remake better than the um, original. So I did not know that. It. I'm gonna have to find that out. We should also do music, there you music go. trivia See. here. <laughs> yeah, you learn you learn something new every day. Now that you've learned something, you can go do whatever you want because you've ticked the box <laughs> on the front. <laughs> and then we keep telling okay, so others though. <laughs> yes. Um so what are three words that you'd use to describe yourself or your career? It's definitely helping people be seen and be heard, but passion and enthusiasm added into so four words. I think it's just been really important to be enthusiastic. I show up and be enthusiastic for whatever I'm going to do. I find that enthusiasm helps you win the day, even if you don't know you don't know what you don't know, but even if you don't know and you come into a room, if you're enthusiastic, people give you so much leeway, and that's part of passion. I've been accused by some people in the past of being too passionate. But if I'm not passionate for whatever I'm working on, my own life, my the businesses that I've owned in the past, if I'm not passionate for them, who will be? Who will do that? No one. And I'm finding that people aren't showing up and being passionate or enthusiastic. And they're so, we're so showing up now. And if, if you'd seen me, I'm doing that mime face where we just want to be neutral all the time and we don't want to show up and show that I care about something. And so I'm finding that when you do show up and that you care, you stand out that much more. And people are often willing to help you more, give you give you things more, show you the way more. They allow you to make mistakes more because you've shown up. And so that's been a big thing. So passion and enthusiasm. And then again, going back to the two other words, being seen and being heard, that's, that's definitely a thread throughout my whole life is helping myself be seen and heard and then especially helping others be seen and be heard. And I think that's important. It's it's one thing to talk about and, and help others be seen and be heard. But there's many of us, I mean, I do I do some coaching as well with, with some individuals um, in the tech industry. You know, there's a lot of women who don't have another woman within their their organization to turn to, right? So there's there's a few opportunities where I'm like, absolutely, I'm happy to to help and, and help coach along the way. And I'm, I'm really good at having those conversations with them and about, you know, you know, self-advocacy and asking for what you want, going prepared, like, don't just demand things like know what you're asking and why and whatnot. But, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get raise my kids the exact same way. Yet, do I follow that, that, that example and that advice? 
probably not near as often as I should. So <laughs> this is a great conversation. I love these conversations. I always, I always walk away going, yes, okay, that's what I have to work on for the next little while is that's what I have to keep in the forefront. So um, absolutely, you know, being seen and heard yourself so you can help others be seen and heard. Yeah. It, we're so easy. It's so easy to cheerlead and champion others, but we do have to start with ourselves and putting your own oxygen mask on, you know, you do need to do that so that then you can help other more, help more people and help other people in different ways. So we do need to work on ourselves. It's the hardest thing to do though. It really is. I love, I like that analogy. I've never heard that. Put your own oxygen mask on first, just like the airplanes, right? You got to help yourself so that you can help others. So, I mean, your career, like you said, there's, there's been a thread that, that's a continuum um, throughout your career and in what you've done, but what's the journey itself been like, like getting into making that decision to go into broadcasting, branching out and being an entrepreneur, taking another little bit of a left turn and doing other things. All of what you've done, as you said, and when we talked about the intro was, you know, has been elevating others and, and giving voice to others, but what's it been like for you? One of my uh, staff, my teammates, my staffers, she said, you really have that entrepreneur mindset. So it's finding those opportunities and making things for myself. So unchartered, for sure. Pivot, pivot, pivot. Um, there's no path forward. There's no roadmap to so many things that we're doing. We're making things up that haven't been done before. We're in that era where you don't just stand in line because there's no line yet. So where are you going? You have to figure out your own path. You can't stick with a company for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years nowadays. You know, you gotta, we are moving around a lot more and especially moving within, you know, you're also moving within corporations too. But it's that um, being able to pivot and see the next opportunity. I think that's what has been a big thing for me and that it's like the name of your podcast, Uncharted. You can't, you don't know exactly where you're going to go yet. And, um, you know, we were often raised with the ideas of the factory system where you put your head down, do good work, and eventually someone will notice you. You don't want to step out of line. You want to, you know, be quiet. You want to just fit in. But we're now in this new world where we're sliding into the fourth and fifth industrial revolutions. What does that look like? What do we need to do? We're now not just competing, but collaborating globally. So you need to be able to show the world how you serve. So standing out and fitting in at the same time and making that feel really good for yourself. So I think it's finding my own way and um, hoping others want to come along on my journey. And so far, so good. I think that's been a thing. I love what you said about, uh, you know, the the analogy with the factory system versus where we are today, because very much was, was that, right? It was get a good job, get your head down, work your ass off, and good things will come to you. And I think as women as well, in particular, you know, it's don't ruffle. And, and when you spoke up, people are like, Ooh, you know, she's abrasive or she's whatever. And it's like, yeah, you know what? And, and Joe sitting next to me, if he had said the exact same thing, it would have been, wow, way to take the bull by the horns and, you know, way to push forward. So it's, it's changing that perception and dialogue as well, but still it's, it's still working hard and fitting in, but doing it your way. You know, there's still a lot of spaces where doing things differently doesn't work. There's still a lot of big companies who you can start with and go through your career with. And people who listen um, to the podcast have heard me tell the story. 
when I quit my job at IBM, my mother lost her crap. Like she's like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Like she was actually angry with me. Like it's a, it's a good company. There's pension, job security. Like, what are you doing? She was like, she was literally, she had no concept as to why I would leave big blue and go to this small 15 person startup agency which had no proof, an entrepreneur who was a bit wacky, um, like just couldn't, couldn't fathom it. Six years later, she was still like, when I was starting to talk about changing a job, she's like, oh, do you think you'll go back to IBM? It's like, no. <laughs> so, you know, it's this change in mindset where you're caught with what you've been brought up with. And there's still a lot of people who are, who are brought up with that safety first, right? Like, don't do anything to ruffle feathers, stay in the track, you know, be one of the group versus the break out and do your own thing. But like, please don't do something really stupid on social because then your life is screwed. Like it's, it's such a hard position to be in. It's so hard. I'm nodding along. I'm nodding along to all of that because that's what happened to me when I left broadcasting. You left TV, like it's a coveted position. Why would you do that? And because I could see the industry was changing so much and it wasn't really where I wanted to be. They A lot of people on TV don't make a lot of money too, just a side note. But they were like, well, aren't you going to go back and you're going to start a company? Why would you do that? Like, why wouldn't you just go to the next station and keep going? And that whole, what are you doing? Well, and also one thing that comes over and over again in it's in the book what will people think like what will people think that you left your job at IPM oh no what will people think there's we still have that that in our minds of and who, who are those people <laughs> like who are they there's you know there's no one there that's really saying that but we get so caught up in what will other people think when we know it's time to go or our passion is somewhere else and we, it's time to do something else. And so, but we get caught up in these, these very old scripts of making sure you stay in line and wait your turn when we're just in a different era. And people don't really quite understand that too. It's, it's so crazy. I mean, the number of times I've, for the last 15 years consulting, I've had to travel. Um, and I actually had people ask me, wow, you travel so much. Your husband okay with that? I'm sorry, what? Did you just ask me if my husband's okay if I do my job? Like, are you kidding me? It was like, and more than one person, you know, thankfully not of late, but it's, yeah, it's, it's insane. So it just, it, it rattles my brain sometimes. You talk about leaving uh, broadcasting and, and that's, that's a big inflection point for you. That's a major change in career. Was there a defining moment, decision, action, something that really significantly impacted the trajectory of your career um, and anchored you in creating these new things and really following the passion? Well, one thing was that I, I got sick and not not deathly sick, but I got sick when I was in broadcasting and um, well, I had mono and I had mono when I was old. <laughs> like, and I remember I was doing a broadcast and somebody was spray talking and I hope I'm not grossing people out, but somebody was spray talking and then I got like I needed a shield, you know, <laughs> like I can. So and then he said afterwards, after the interview, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sick. I'm going to go home right after this. And then a week and a half later, I got really sick. And so I could point it out because I remember like, ew, like so, so in my brain. And I went back to work because I was feeling better. 
and I wasn't contagious at this point, but I was still jaundiced. I still had yellow. I was looking very, I looked sick and, um, but I was feeling good. So I went back and they were right away, well, you need to go on camera and tell the story because we're short staffed and the pressure to go and perform and to do things that they wanted me to do. It wasn't, um, there wasn't room to say no. And I felt very much that I wanted to take more control over my life and to do things that I wanted to do and have my own, chart my own path that way. And so that was one of the moments where like, huh, do I want to just move to another station where I think the pressure will still continue on? Or do I think I want to try something else and figure out my own way? So that was one of it, one part of it. But taking it back a little bit further, I met, um, I was walking in Stratford, Ontario, and I ran into Justin Bieber. And this was Justin Bieber before. I was just going to say, ah, the home of Justin Bieber. (laughs) The home of Justin Bieber. So he was walking in town with a few of his buddies and he wanted to be on camera because I had my camera and I had my microphone, but I was just doing a story on politics. And we started talking and he sang to me and oh my goodness, like, he was that good back then you could tell he was going places and he started telling me about all the the producers that he was having talks with and people that I'm really quite embarrassed to say I had no clue of back then who are obviously major label people and I went back to the station so I didn't put him on camera but um you know I I had this like we need to do something he was telling me about his YouTube and how these things were happening because he put himself out there and here he is like 13 years old so I went back to the station and I said we have to do a story on this boy he's gonna go places and even if he doesn't it's like this amazing story and it's local and they said to me they were so put out that I would even ask or suggest to do a YouTube story it was like oh who do you think you are so I was so put down by this story and the offer of it and usually I'd get to do any stories that I'd want to enterprise they were pretty pretty good about it but it was the pooing of it and I could see from looking at what Justin Bieber was doing he was choosing himself and that's part of what I started to do is like no I need to choose myself and seeing that he could put himself on camera he didn't need the TV station to let him have authority and to go ahead. He's the 13 year old and he's going to put himself out there and people are going to discover him. And like, he's onto something. And so that was another reason. Well, the main reason why I left, I'm like, after being also sick and them saying, go on camera, I'm like, no, that's it. I think this person has the way of the world and I'm going to, I'm going to cash it in and see what happens with it. And it was absolutely the right choice for me. So that's my Justin Bieber brush with a major celebrity story that did change the trajectory of my life. Brush with Schwarminess. I don't know if you are a CFNY listener, but they used to have that, right? Um, (laughs) CFNY, for those of you not based in Toronto, was like the best radio station in uh, in the 90s. Uh, Just hands down, hands down, Sunday night dance parties all the way. (laughs) Right? 100%. And you could have been the one to discover. I mean, they must have kicked themselves after the fact. You could have been the one to discover Justin Bieber, done the original story. And yeah, yeah we could have been. Could have, would have, should have. But yeah, and that's where it's like, you know, why didn't we cover that story? And I did get to go back to his schools later on for working. When I had my content company, I was working and doing educational programming. And we were in his school and we heard some of his journey and, and some of the challenges and things like that. But we could have been there to champion this this young person. We could have shown that we are modern and able to adapt to this new technology. And But that's where a lot of... Uh, 
guardians of the status quo are stuck in the old world where we need to really be thinking, and I think a lot of us are as we see this new technology come on board, but what is the next little while going to have for us? You know, I say we're in the fourth industrial revolution where most of us think we're just at the end of the, the factory era. We had the digital era and now we're in the fourth and sliding into the fifth. It's happening so fast that we don't even realize it around us. And we'll look back at this era and say, oh, you know, we were already well into the fifth, but we don't realize and want to accept that things are changing and maybe we should also put our head above ground and move forward. And that's the guardians of the status quo are so late to the game that they're not able to be nimble and and change course. So that was a, that was a big pivotal piece in in the book and in my own career. Yeah, it's, and to look back at that and see with such clarity what that could have been is you know, I'm, I'm sure it's frustrating, but then you go, yep, I made the right decision because I've moved forward and I've continued to follow the passion. And in your current role, I mean, you've written this book, you're still running your organization. What are some of the challenges and compromises? You talk about compromising yourself, being forced back onto camera, not something you wanted to do, but, you know, you, it was that or quit in the moment and you just didn't do that. So what have been some of what are the some of the challenges and compromises you're facing today in, in launching of the book and still, you know, doing your speaking and the organization and those kinds of things? It's balance. It's trying to figure out where balance lives and balance doesn't really live anywhere. It's an ebb and flow all the time. So I think that's been a big thing. I have been putting way more of my effort into this book. I believe it has legs that it can really serve a lot of people. And so you know, some things don't get my attention as much. And thankfully, other people are there to pick up that slack and to move it forward. But it, it's hard to have all these different pieces going at once. And I think that's where, where do I give my attention at this time and not having something on fire over there that I have to then go back to and take care of. But it's been the book in the last little while. And as I ramp up for it to really be on the world stage, it's been my focus. So yeah, do things get dropped? They absolutely do. But it's figuring out which one is that glass ball that I'm not going to drop and letting the other ones just fall and not worry about it. And thankfully, I have support all around me and people all around me who are helping me and making sure that this this project really goes the distance. And I think that's one thing is I'm thinking about things as projects now. Everything is a project instead of saying that this is my big thing, because I believe that more and more of us are going to be, have a portfolio career like you do, where you have your speaking, you have your consulting, you have your coaching, you have a, like all those pieces. And if we think of things more as projects than, you know, the heavy one thing, that helps a lot too, where I can really put my effort into this project that week. And also, I think having base by project allows it that... If something doesn't work out as well, it's not as, as soul crushing. <laughs> I think that's where having it, it's a little bit more contained. So that's where I feel really good about thinking about things as projects more. And that's what the book is. It's a great way of thinking about it. And with, the, I, I hadn't thought about portfolio of projects as part of your career, but that's exactly it. And, you know, and as I look at my desk and I see I'm, I'm a project manager by, by training. So, you know, uber organized, I have. I have a label printer that I make all my folders for. And yeah, my kids are like thoroughly embarrassed by it, but all good. Um, <laughs> but that's exactly it because I look at that and I, and I see, okay, there's my, my consulting work is, you know, is the purple folders and my coaching work is my yellow folders and my business development are my tan folders. And, 
and it's 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 you know some sit on my desk all week because they're just there that's top of mind some things you know sometimes there's it's a rainbow because you have to touch all the projects but that's i love the way of thinking about that i'm i got a blog post happening now right in real time <laughs> about that I will, I will credit you in that um if you weren't in the people elevation space in in helping people be heard what would you do what's your alter ego sorry what was the question again so if you weren't doing what you did so if you weren't you know the author helping people's voices be heard the you know all, the, the the raising the profile and and doing what you do what would you be is there an is is there an alter ego to lisa bragg is there a, a budding baker or florist or cliff diver you know what i'm all in <laughs> No, I'm all in. I don't know. I, you know what? <laughs> okay. I, I'm such an entrepreneur, though. It's so funny because then it's like, you know, I could help people now launch a book. I can help people because when you have a book, um, I have a great publisher. But unless you are, you know, Serena Williams or Oprah or Harry, you're not getting all of the there's not a lot of scaffold to help you to really launch a book. You have there's a lot of back end that even publish people who publish you know, a million books are still doing a lot of things in the back end to get your book to be seen and be heard. And so now I'm like, I could start a business in this. So I think I could almost like see everything. The other day I was at a great restaurant in, um, in Windsor, Ontario, and it was so good. I'm like, I could start this brunch place. <laughs> like that. So I have this whole thing, like it's almost, but I don't. So I don't, I stay in my lane. I hold back, but it's like, yeah, I could own that pizza joint. I could do that, you know, brunch place. It'd be great. You know, all these. So I'm, I'm always looking on the horizon for something, but I try to stay in my lane and not go too far out of it. Just stay, keep going on this path, but I'm always searching the horizon for what it could be. But to say that I have something already bubbling inside of me to do something that um, is, is hidden, no. No, I'm pretty much, I think doing the author, being the author, that writing the book, that was the one that was maybe bubbling for a long time, yep. but no, no. And I'm not going to start a restaurant. Those kudos to anyone who does that. <laughs> so, no kidding, yes. right? That is such hard work. So you've already given us such amazing advice and words of wisdom and, and, and shared your experiences, which is, you know, really the, the best way to help others so that they can learn from what you've done and, and maybe lean into something that worked well and, you know, lean away from something that didn't, that they hadn't thought of. But for our listeners, maybe particularly the women in our audience, what would be your best piece of advice on life, career, success, happiness, really anything you'd like to share? Be willing to talk about your successes. You know, we so often are the hidden gems. We're waiting. Start talking about what you have to offer the world. So tell your friends, tell the next person up, tell the next person beside you, tell them what you want. You know, so often in the book, I talk about how we want people to be mind readers and that they will then know what we want from them. We have to first self-advocate. You have to let people know, talk about your wisdom, your achievements, your skills. Don't be humble. We're so, we're taught to be humble and modest, but those words for anyone who's listening are traps. You need to put yourself out there so you're seen and be and heard and that you're here to serve. I think that's the main thing. When we think about, about bragging, it's taboo. When we think about self-promotion, it feels icky. But when you reframe those two words as I'm here to serve, but they're vehicles for let me letting other people know how I serve, that's where it helps you to go further with it. So 
definitely get start bragging like talk about your successes bragging used to mean to shine and shimmer and then it meant shine and shimmer and brave and then over the last while we've corrupted it to making it something that is icky and my last name is brag so i really have researched this word and i just want people to understand that it actually means yes it means to talk about yourself with pride but what's wrong with having a little bit of self-love it doesn't have to be that over the top pride that uh, will lead you to a downfall it's a self-love level let's go there and not think about self-aggrandizement where that's the put down of others and that's where we often get bragging is attached to that word too much it's it's really bragging is about how you are here to serve and self-promotion are is the vehicles that will take you there so it's the video it's the animation it's it's the e-learning it's whatever way that you want to communicate the things that you're doing to the world it's writing the blog post that's your self-promotion so realizing that it's all vehicles for helping you to show the world how you're here to serve that's the way to think about it and just start sharing as much as you can without it being a full-time job that's your job. <laughs> That's my job. All right, so no, it's all in the book on how to do it so that, so that it's not yeah. as much work. It's all about how do you take that one thing and keep amplifying it over and over and over again. Don't, don't make more work for yeah. yourself. Just amplify. Right. Exactly. And if you're authentic, then it's easy and people will gravitate and they will, you know, they will take to what you, you have to offer. So in closing, thank you so much, first of all. Tell us, your book is coming out in May. Is there an actual like May something date? Is it May 1st? Is it May? Yeah, it launches on May 11th. So that's the worldwide launch date, but it's available on pre-order now. Um, starting to roll out to all the different retailers everywhere. So you can go and pre-order it now. And if you do, there are some bonuses. But May 11th is the big date that it, it launches. And I do have a gift for the listeners if they want to go to lisabragg.com slash listener love. And there's um, some a gift there for them to to take and to use to help them build nice. out their stories and thinking about content and because content is part of the whole thing. And we often get like stuck in what we're going to say or do. So there's a gift there for them. But um, I hope they follow along on my journey and look for the hashtag bragging rights and look for me, Lisa Bragg, and uh, you'll get lots of information that I just keep putting out there to the world because I know by showing the world how I'm here to serve that more people will be attracted to my offerings. And that's what I hope. Absolutely. Lisa, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your journey uh, with me and with my audience. Congratulations on the book. I cannot wait to read it. I will absolutely go and, and pre-order it. Uh, to my audience, thank you so much for listening to Uncharted Journeys with me, your host, Kathy McKnight. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Lisa as much as I did and hearing about her journey and self-actualization and realization and how it's about helping others. It's about how what you have to offer the world, how it serves others, not just how it's serving you. And there's a difference in that. And we can all learn to do that a little bit more and a little bit better. So go out and grab her book. And if you're keen to hear more amazing stories from amazing women, you can head over to unchartedjourneys.net and listen to some of the other episodes, as well as check out the show notes. I will absolutely put the link to the gift that Lisa is generally generously offering us um, into the show notes as well. And until then, thanks again for listening. See you next time. And until then, enjoy the journey. Oh,